introduction here. Uh, thanks, folks, for joining us today. This is Tom Hayes on Upbeat. Lately, I haven't been mentioning that, but I forget when I started this, the idea was to stay upbeat. And boy, oh boy, it's so hard to do that in a downbeat time. Anyway, Rosemary is an outstanding woman who has overcome adversity and challenge to transfer, transform her and her family and community's lives by discovering her inner strength and learning the power of letting go to reshape her life's journey. And she's also a patriot, and we share very similar attitudes about the world and uh, American crisis today. And uh, I thought it would be great. I think I titled this Healing in a Time of Crisis, A Down East Patriot Mother's Viewpoint. How does that sound? That's excellent, Tom. Excellent. (laughs) And I know you have a lot to say, so... I'm going to shut up and let you. Uh, first of all, what's a, what's a, what, what town are you in? You north of Ellsworth? I, I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. outside of Ellsworth. I am. Most people, when they, when I mention the town I'm in, they have no idea until I say I'm about half an hour away from Bar Harbor, and they say, "Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about now." Yeah. I'm, I am about about that much away from the the island of Bar Harbor. So. So are you? I'm, uh, are you are you west of Bar Harbor? Then you must be. I think it's looking at that. Yes, yes, I'm west of Bar Harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So yeah, right in the middle be. where. Yep. Life is it. Uh, what's the saying? Uh, life as it should be for Maine. The way life. Should uh, be. The way life should be. And uh, I, uh, I agree more. with. I, that's what it says uh, when you come into Maine. This is Maine the way the way life should be in many in many aspects. Yes, in <laughs> recently in the past couple years, uh, in certain um, I mean personally, just my personal opinion, and and many others as well do not agree that the governor we have is really doing an excellent job right now. But aside from that, um, as I say, keeping this upbeat. Uh, you know, Maine is, I always tell people, I say, when you come to Maine, you get over the Kittery Bridge, you're in a different world. So you're in a totally different world. I think I told you over Christmas, uh, just after the first day back to business after the Christmas break, I stood in a post office in my previous residence for oh, 30, almost 30 years, uh, uh, South Boston, and, uh, you know, it was full of uh, the current residents, which were mainly millennials, uh, single girls with dogs. And uh, uh, somebody bumped into me on their way to get a an envelope and a shipping label and violated, totally violated the six-foot rule, um, virtually got in my face to reach behind me, uh, made almost made physical contact with me and grabbed their envelope and a thing and never said a word. And... Uh, I mentioned to my stepson, uh, he, who doesn't understand uh, my criticism of that kind of behavior, I said, you see, it was not even an excuse me or an acknowledgement that I uh, even existed. And I was in line. I was in, but I haven't been wearing my prosthesis lately. So I'm standing there in crutches looking like Long John Silver with one leg. And uh, everybody, nobody's talking to each other. It's, it's like, a, like we're in a line to pay respects mm-hmm. to the to the dead and uh, the deceased. And uh, so finally it gets to the point where the person in front of me, it's her turn to be waited on next. And she turns and says, would you like 
to go before me. And I said, oh, my God. And to prove a point, because I had a, an audience, I said, I'll bet you uh, didn't grow up here. You're not from here originally and or you were born here. And uh, I said, because you have manners. And mm-hmm. she laughed and said, well, I'm from Maine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I said, ah, I, I can tell the difference. She says, um, she says yeah, she says, this, she, she quoted you almost verbatim. Uh, as soon as you go over the bridge, uh, the Kittery Bridge, you know, she says, uh, life is the way it should be. And everybody changes and people have manners, <clears throat> et cetera. So um, she said to me, I know what you're talking about. She says, because I've seen it get worse and worse over the past 10 years that I've lived here, uh, less and less human contact, more and more people staring at their cell phones and uh, uh, more and more isolation and less uh, communication. So uh, enough of my rant. And you're right. The only place I would find a change was in Maine. But however, I started to see uh, some of this uh, gentrification thing moving into Portland. Yes, yeah, it's it's down around the Portland and Augusta area. In fact, at some point, not sure when, I'm possibly going to be joining in a Patriot rally down around the Augusta area. Just to you know, they 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 drive through with the vehicles, they have the flags and such, and they speak. And even you know, anybody goes up and speaks, and nobody's nobody's hollering anything nobody's throwing it it's just peaceful it's just people getting getting their word out speaking their mind and that's it they go home you know that's that's uh, yeah that's and i feel that's the way it should be in all cases and uh you know why not i mean everybody should be able to speak say whatever you know they feel um i always i tell everybody in fact i spoke to someone today as you know they they don't have the same views as I do. You know, I'm a patriot. They're not. And, but that's fine. I said, I respect your views. I'm not going to stand here and try to impose my views upon yours. I said, I'm not going to, you know. And I, I told this person, I said that, you know, I, because they, we, we helped each other out. And I said, I appreciate, you know, pretty much all I appreciated them. And I said, everybody had that same viewpoint. Everybody had that same, um, um, I, I guess, yeah, you could call it a viewpoint. Could you imagine how it would be? I mean, think about it. You know, people, everybody's got a different opinion. Everybody's got a different liking or disliking, you know. So it's, if you, if everybody could just respect that and say, okay, look, you know, I'm not going to fight you over this. This is your decision, not mine. I'm happy with mine. I go this way. You go that. That's fine. There is a song, and I, I'm big on music because, of course, my daughter, Victoria, she loves music. Uh, there's a song that's called by, by a group, a man named Michael Franti, S-R-A-N-T-I. The song is called Nobody Right, Nobody Wrong. And if you listen to it, you really pay attention to those lyrics. It's the truth. It's Really, when you think about it, if you turn on the TV, which I turn mine off, <laughs> I don't watch the news, I don't watch any of that, there's just no, no sense to, um, that if you notice, nobody's really right, nobody's really wrong. Everybody's, right. everybody's fighting over nothing. It's just, right. 
it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm in the process of doing a, a podcast series and I, I uh, found an old friend, and she's uh, got great viewpoint and very articulate. And so she wanted to set up a a forum and to have a, a list of topics we could cover. And she came. Uh, I th- I, it's just wonderful. I'll go. I'll read most of them here. Number one was the abdication of parenting, which I know you can comment on because you are the model parent, if there ever was one. Uh, all conservatives are not the same, which I, I'd love to hear her um, elaborate on. <clears throat> the First Amendment, are we at the brink or business as usual? Um, and then she has a subtitle, The Fundamental Foundations of America, Cancel Culture, Censorship, Truth slash Propaganda. But I found this next topic really interesting. Discourse in the Public Square. What happened? Question mark. A historical overview, colonialism, the role of the meeting house, Boston Common, first public park in America, a starting point, uh, 1634, a starting point for the Freedom Trail, uh, the loss of civility and common bond with your neighbors. So mm-hmm. all of those are apt for today's discussion. Um, you're right. There is rather than, you know, there there was a time, and I've had this conversation recently with a couple of people, there was a time when you could get into an argument with one of your friends or whomever, and the argument would go on, and at some point, somebody would say, uh, gee, that's an interesting point. I never saw it that way. Uh, I still don't agree, but uh, I don't know how to answer that one. So there would be, like she's saying here, there would be a discourse, uh, 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 an, um, an exchange, uh, an engagement, a, and that's what the town meeting halls are about. You know, people get up and uh, give their viewpoint about what the next type of legislation or whatever should be. Um, mm-hmm. But now it, it, it deteriorates, doesn't it? I'll let you talk on that. It has. Uh, I've noticed up here, like I said, it's so <laughs> so different. I mean, we they, we're still dealing with, um, you know, this whole. I don't even use the words anymore. It's just gotten so old. We're still dealing with the whole, as the people say, the pandemic, the whole thing. We're dealing with it here as well as you know everywhere else. But where I am, people would consider it the boondocks. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, in a way. Uh, you know, our, our governor actually considered every single uh, civilian in Maine as being a hillbilly. Um, and, you know, I'll stand up and say, yeah, I'll be a proud hillbilly. That's fine. All right. You know, I'm, I'm a patriot. I, it's, and I'll tell you why I am the way I am is because, and people would probably be, you know, confused as to why I would bring it this way. is because of my father. He traveled over here from Italy when he was 27 years old. And... He, uh, you know, come over on a ship, and when he came into port, and he had to go through the hours and hours, grueling hours of customs, and he told me all about it. And I asked him, I said, Dad, how did you feel when you were traveling over and you were coming into, you know, into the, the harbor, and you saw the Statue of Liberty, and you saw, and he, he would laugh a little, but he said there was no way to describe it. Really. He said it was beautiful, and he said it was freedom. 
So those words, those, those words echo within me. And, you know, they thunder, they're thunderous within me. When I heard him say it was freedom. And now I'm thinking he's turning over in his grave because he's saying, you know, he come to this country, he, he raised families, he, you know, created a business, uh, you know, he, from the ground up, and it went on for many years. He built that building and built the business up with my mother. Um, and this is what he dreamed of, you know, and he, he probably, he, he conquered that dream. He, he had, and then he passed away back in uh, 2001. And like I said, I think he's turning over because he's saying, what is going on here? Here was this country. My, my, uh, a lot of my family that come over here, they're always so excited. Oh my gosh. They, they come off the plane. They'd be so excited. They'd just be jumping up and down to be here. And, you know, they, the, everything from, I mean, the, even the most minor thing like shopping was a huge, big deal for them here. And to see how things are going and to think, and I remember seeing their faces and how my father talked about when he'd come over here. And now this, you know, and this is why I am the patriot I am because even though my father was not born, he was not born here, he's, you know, Italy, he became, in a way, a patriot. He stood for the flag. He was respectful. He, you know, he was very uh, proud of becoming an American citizen here. And now I'm sitting back and going, sorry, Dad, you know. I'm not saying it's my fault. You know, it's not. I'm apologizing because I'm saying, you know, I'm sorry this is happening. I'm sorry that you know, he's looking down and watching this happen. And if he was still alive, this would be breaking his heart. It really would be. I know you say you want to keep it upbeat, but I'm, I'm just going to, I'm like I said, I'd lay it out on the table. I'm going to be straightforward. It would. It would have broken his heart. Well, you Same know, things let, that are going on today. Well, you know, I just, again, thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's, you, you've got a writer's talent for description. And I just, you know, all of us, I'm sure, could see the Statue of Liberty. All of us could see it from your father's father's viewpoint, you know, coming into the harbor and after what they were running from. And, uh, again, this was, you know, the the streets were paved with gold in in those days. What do you think, what do you think, and I think, you know, I'm going to say, how do you think this evolved? Where did this what would be the term you would use to describe today as looking at it from a leftist liberal viewpoint? What is the what is the vibe? What is the attitude? Well, if you want, and, and I, I don't know, this is how I'm seeing it. Because I was raised by the parents I was raised by, you know, my, my parents were older when they had me, and they both survived wars and they survived depression. And I can look back even on how people dressed back when they were younger. There's the biggest, I think the biggest word here is not only respect for others, but respect for oneself. And that seems to have been declining for, uh, in, in, you know, just in a certain, I want to say a certain generation possibly, has declined so much over the years that 
it's it's brought us to it's it's brought this country to a point where people just don't care. They don't care. I mean, you see, you see how people carry themselves. You see how they, they like you said, you were standing there in the post office, and I was raised. If I needed that that envelope, I would have said, "Oh, excuse me, sir. You know, pardon me." And I, you know, I would have waited for you to move over while I went for my envelope, I, and then thanked you for moving over. This is how I was raised. It was, you say, please, thank you, pardon me. You open the door for someone. It doesn't matter. what It could be anyone. You open the door for them, let them go first. And most, you know, my parents would always say, you respect your elders. So, yeah, open the door for them, let them in. And I, I remember how many times I opened the door and a gentleman would say to me, oh, no, no, you go first. I said, no, sir, you can go right ahead, you know, have a good day and let them go. And the look, I did a look like I had, you know, six heads. You know, oh, my goodness, this, this young, young woman is being respectful to me. And, you know, I'd smile and go on my way. I think you've done something profound here, this idea of respect, the lack of respect. And you've hit it right where it starts, isn't it? The individual. The individuals, <laughs> the individuals, um, listen less to people. Did I lose you? No, oh. I'm right here. I think it was just okay. a moment. We ha- we have a bit of we have a bit of a snow squall going above us right now, so I'm thinking the weather might have <laughs> gotten oh. in the way there. Um. So uh, anyway, lack of self-respect. Do you, do you want to comment on that? Or oh, okay. I think she's maybe uh, dealing with. Oh, I did lose her. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, hang on, folks. Hang on, folks. Uh, well, let me see. Uh, can we tell her to call me? You want to try that other number I just sent you and then call me? Sure, will do. All right. And then if come back.
Okay, let's see what we got here. Sorry for all of this. I'm going to have to obviously uh, edit this thing, but we're on such a good roll. I want to continue. Oh, wait a minute. Let me put you on speaker. There we go. Yeah, so we're on such a good roll here. This is going to be a little choppy, but I should be able to put together. I want to keep this train of thought. Are you there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I finally got a good spot over here. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, we we're talking about respect and self-respect and the lack of it. So you want to keep on that thing? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I Because I realized that within myself in the past, you know how they always say in five years how things can change. I said in the past five years, I've gone through some um, – I've gone through some changes, you know, within myself. I've had time because, especially with all this, I think, uh, you know, my husband and I talked about it where during this whole thing we're all going through, um, it's that we've all had time to spend time with ourselves. And I noticed that I had had lack of respect in myself for a long time, and I gained it back. And that's how I can recognize when I look outside the box and I see how people are treating others. There's just, there's a lack of, uh, there's lack of compassion, lack of um, empathy, lack of uh, just even, you know, just uh, like I said, consideration. That's a big word. My, my parents used to use that. There's no consideration, they'd say. So I feel even way back. I want to say, I'll give it 15 years ago. I remember my mother saying, there's no consideration anymore. Now, I don't know if, you know, if that was, if it was beginning then or if this was something that just, just kind of, you know, simmered on through the years. But, you know, I see that too, the consideration. Uh, there's, there's a huge lack of that as well, where, you know, of other people's feelings, thoughts, you know, somebody says, well, I love so-and-so. doesn't matter what it is. I've seen it. You know, people on Facebook, I'm for so-and-so. Well, that's outside the box. And so, it's because I, I stumbled on this, uh, you know, amazing how, How the Black Lives Matter movement caught on, how it spread like like a forest fire. So asked the other day, what didn't they? Uh, but this is not new, and especially for my, this. Yeah, this is my point. Um, you know, I I grew up in a black neighborhood. I. The uh, of a lot of hate and uh, I mean, it's just magic to see somebody squirting in camp and choking to death and the whole world. Um, but the way that it was embraced is unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, and the point where I'm sure you have them up there, you know, the lawn signs. Uh, yes, yes, you know, the, uh, every corporation in the country, their their websites are changed. Their social 
changed immediately. I kept being sold constantly, but not the media, TV, radio, mm-hmm. uh, media. But, and everybody embraced it. It became a, um, a point of normally it would be, hey, how are you, how are things, how are the kids, to, you know, this whole Black Lives Matter thing. And, it, and people would come with a chip on their shoulder uh, yeah. looking, looking for a fight. And so I started to... Um, started to analyze it. You, you know, what is the mindset of somebody who comes to me uh, with this as their agenda and doesn't care about, like you said, the 25, 50 years of a relationship? And this could be the breaking point. So I love what, you, what, you're, what you're saying. I love the fact that you're saying there's a respect issue here. There's a consideration. on deep in the topic. What is it underneath? What are the rules of what's happening? What are the dynamics? And I started to say there has to be a mindset in the person coming to somebody looking for a fight over lives matter. And you've hit on something. Um, obviously, they come with a contentious attitude. They want to fight. They want to prove themselves. And they Viewpoint is above all, and damn you, and uh, they can go off in their righteousness. That's the other thing I'm, we're finding is a sense of righteousness with both sides. So I'm going to shut up and let you. <laughs> I'm going to let you shut. Up. I'm going to shut up and let you. I have I have a theory on all this, Tom. I have a theory, and I've used it for years because it wasn't just you know it wasn't just whether it was black lives or white. If if say all right, I say I'm in a park. Okay, or I'm, I'm in a field, not even a part, a field. And, you know, I've got a group of my friends who are walking around. And then I see, you know, there's a group of, of, of a black family and stuff walking around. You'll see there's a beautiful rose bush, okay? And we both want to pick those roses. And they talk to the woman, they talk to the girl, and we're picking roses. Now, break our fingers so hard. Really? Question I have is anyone going to bleed differently? No, we're going to bleed the same color. Say that hurt. We're both going to be in pain. So that's the that's the thing I have. That if people would really, and some people might go, every single story, every single doctor on this on this show, whatever, they they have a book. That would be part of my focus. I cut myself, and you do it the same time. This could be We're both going to bleed. It's going to be the same color. Each other. When even if they each other at the same time, there's going to be no difference whatsoever. Exactly. Well, you know, I, you know, I would kind of warn people who want to pick up their gauntlet. And I would say, well, I lived um, in a black neighborhood. Saw the other side of racism. Um, I said, we ate in each other's homes, visited each other. Um, you might have lived it, but I've done my research. I know the causes, and this is systemic, and this started here, and this started there. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're an authority on the, the systemic basis of, of racism in this country. And lately, um, 
you know, I started to get a little angry, but then I, I, I stumbled on it one night and I said to them, to the person, I said, what is going on in your life that you've decided to pick up this crusade? Of all the crusades, you never lived with a, any black people. I, I know that you're, the number of black people you've ever come in contact in your life were probably, you could count on one hand, but you've picked up this cause. Why? First of all, where did it come from? Why are you adopting it? And why is this your crusade that you will uh, endanger relationships with and, and go forward? There's something going on underneath the surface. It's not about Black Lives Matter. No, it's not. It's it's a, not absolutely not. I mean, it's a, that's a distraction from it all. I and mean, that's what I personally feel. It's a distraction from what's really going on. Um, it's a way to divide everybody. It's a way to, you know, if you... And here's an example. If you take a pack of wolves, if you divide them, they're not going to survive, are they? No, they're not. I mean, they, one wolf can go out and look and probably hunt, but, you know, it's a, if everybody stuck together and worked together, it's it's about, you know, how can I put it, survival. I mean, and then... To see this, my husband and I talk about it all the time, and that's part of what that's part of our discussion. As we say, the division—it's about dividing everyone. It's about making everyone weak. It's about you know finding our weaknesses. It's about uh, you know, and and that's another thing. Like you say, you mentioned how people are approaching it to to see if you know see how that happens to be your weakness. It's it's not mine. Because if someone came to me and said, what do you think of it? I'd say, well, just what I told you. I'd say, if, if, it was, if this was a black person asking me, I'd say, if, if both of us were wounded and said we both believe the same, it's really, I mean, come on. Another thing, because I've done my research on my, and I'm, you know, Italian background, I'm Greek and Spanish background. So, you know, when, when the Italians first come they were, they they had pretty hard first come to this country, and I I read about the um, uh, I guess you could say there was a uh, I'm trying to find the word right now yeah <laughs> it's right there to tip my tongue but it's you know there was there was a great um, mass I'm gonna be blunt mass killing of of Italians when they come here because of the color of their skin all of them. So right. I could sit there and say, "Hey, I could I could sit here and and take everything personally too." Well, I've been called a guinea. I've been called a wop. I've been called I've been called all kinds of names. But have I gotten angry about it? No, not one bit. And if people think I, I'm being disrespectful about my heritage because I don't get angry, no. Why should I get angry? That's a personal thing. If I get angry, I'm making myself angry. You know, I'm. I'm taking their words and I'm letting them manipulate me. <laughs> Beautifully put. And, you know, I have to tell the audience that, you know, we have a writer here, an innate writer. She writes beautifully. And when you, again, you've drawn a beautiful analogy with the rose bushes, et cetera. And, um, yeah, this is what I started to find is that these people, you know, they've, you've read Outwitting the Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that, that whole book is about what the heck do you let in your mind? Don't let the devil get your mind. Exactly. And and so the devil has gotten everybody's mind and given them a cause 
that they have no connection to. You know, I, and, and lately uh, I've been working on a on a uh, documentary about a club called the Sugar Shack in Boston, which was a predominantly black club in the center of Boston, run by the mafia, and it was the most amazing setting, the most amazing experience to this day. You know, I'm 73 years old. There never was a, a place like the Sugar Shack, and so. I've done in the last five or six years, I've interviewed all kinds of black entertainers, singers, soul singers, uh, you know, trying to bring this story of, and, and the theme is harmony that even though the club had only about 300 seats on any given night, 280 of the faces in the place were black and the remaining 20 or so were white. There never was a problem uh, and the whole message, not only from the patrons, patrons, but from the artists themselves, was harmony. There was harmony in the music and harmony in the club. There was never, in spite of all the racial problems that were happening in Boston with the busing and everything else, never, ever any problem. No violence, no unkind words, because there was a sense of harmony. So... I grew up in a black neighborhood. I am promoting this movie about black music. And I go into, I go into, I, 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 until COVID, I would visit six or seven inner city schools, predominantly black, to deliver my message about uh, how to break out of any disability, whatever, any impediments towards success and try to implant in their heads and in their hearts a desire to break out. Uh, and to think the effrontery of people coming to me angry with me. And I would just say, what have you done with the black experience? What have you, what do you do? And again, no basis for any of this, but I found myself under attack the whole time. Uh, and, and people actually labeling me a racist. <laughs> And so I started to say, there's something going on and you're on it. I, I love your, your take on this. There's something underneath and it's their mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody, you know, I meditate just about every morning and it's something that we're talking about this because this morning's meditation, it was called my life. And it pretty, and seriously, in the beginning, she stated something about your mindset. And how it's, you know, people will wonder, here's an example, you know, here I am up in Maine, um, I'm considered in the boondocks, uh, you know, they could call it that, I'm in between. Um, and, you know, people wonder, how do you survive up there? Oh my gosh, you know, you don't, I don't have a store, I could just, you know, take 10 steps and be it. No, 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 we have to drive to go to the store, <laughs> you know. So we learn how to um, I wouldn't, I don't say, I wouldn't say conform. I wouldn't say that. I would say you adapt, adapt. There you go. Adapt to life here. And, you know, I, and I keep, you got to keep a certain mindset here. Like you say, mindset, positive. And people say, well, you can't be positive all the time. No, no, you can't. It, it's not possible Nothing is all gumdrops and rainbows every single day. It's not. I mean, I'm, I have a special needs daughter. She's 
I have almost lost it three times in her life. And, you know, that's taught me a lot. It's woken me up. And, I mean, it, it's a big slap across the face, a big wake-up call. Um, so, you know, I've had to maintain a certain type of mindset. Or do I pull the covers over my head and forget about the world? Or do I get up in the morning throw those covers off, step down on the ground. And, and you know how they say when you step out, you know, the devil says, oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's how you step out of bed. Step out of bed with that mindset the devil's going, oh, no, she's up. You know, and say, of course I am, and walk like I mean it. You know, say, I'm going to have a good day. This is going to, you know, I'm going to get things done. This day, I'm going to be successful at least one thing in this day. And if, you know, this, and a lot of people, especially with, with the whole pandemic, a lot of people have been staying home. We're used to that. This is something, this has been no change for us. Because of um, my daughter, because of Victoria and her condition, around this time of year especially, we've always hunkered down. We always made sure we had at least a month or two months worth of food in the house. We made sure, okay, the, the, the heat, you know, the, the fuel tank is, is filled, will be warm. We have what we need. We're living simply to simply live, but we're happy. You know, we don't need all the frills. And that's something that certain people just don't understand. I've got family members that don't understand it. I I have a, a home that I'm, I've thought about, I've been considering it's way out in the middle of nowhere. And one of my family members actually said, why would you want to move there? Well, there's nothing out there. And I go, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against anyone. It's just I want to live. It's my life. And if I want a homestead or I want to grow a garden or I want to just sit out on my porch in the morning with a cup of coffee and not, you know, have to listen to the sirens going by or, or wondering, you know, is somebody going to honk or flip the bird or whatever. No. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have my peace of mind. And it's just that's the mindset I try to keep and maintain is peace of mind. It's not easy, but it can be done. You know, this is this is exactly what, what I started to say. If somebody's coming to me with this issue, looking to fight with me, to somehow convert me, I don't know why they picked me. It's, that, that's what I take an inventory of. Well, wait a minute. Why are you trying to pick on me? I grew up with black people. You know, I'm not one of these people. Oh, I've got friends. No, I ate in their house. They ate in my house. I slept in their houses. They slept in my houses. We never. What, what, what infuriates me about this thing? I haven't thought about color in decades, and now everybody's no. thinking about color because somebody's selling it to us. You know, I it's I just uh, came to mind is uh, and with this whole thing and the masks and all. I purchased a Guy Fox mask. It's one of the anonymous masks. Oh yeah. I figured I would wear that. You know, once in a while. And if people ask me why, I said, why not? You know, why? I think every, maybe everybody should be wearing one because it doesn't matter. You know, everybody's. If I'm I'm wrong because I'm white. Or they feel, um, you know, victimized because of their certain color or nationality. Why doesn't everybody just wear an anonymous mask then? Well, you know, it's funny because when I did I get... Mean, and I mean this in a 
comical sense. Of course, and I did too. I I said to people, um, you know, I got into it pretty heavy with a couple of people, and it got down to the point where I said, you know, I said, you know what you're really mad at? I said, you're mad at God. And they looked at me and said, no, that's who you really should be angry with. Not the white guys, you know, not the white people. Should be angry with God. He he did this. He f- and I'm going to use a vernacular I usually don't use on this show. He fucked up. God fucked up. God made a. And they're looking at me. God should have made everybody the same color. He's yeah. he's the cause of this. <laughs> he he did this. He should go back and correct it from now on. Everything that comes out will be the same color and we won't have so this issue. Yeah. And and I said, yeah. so you should you should hate God. And I said, so you do hate God, really, because he started all of this. And I said, but you know who you really hate? I said, you hate yourself. Oh bingo. Bada bing. You got it. Yes. Yes, that's the thing. Is too if, many if, people hate themselves. Because if you right, if you didn't yeah. hate yourself, you wouldn't have made this phone call. That's right. And the thing is, people always confuse it. If they think, well, you know, if I love myself, then I'm I'm conceited. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with conceit. Conceit is, oh, I'm the best person on earth, and you're crap. No, that's conceit. But loving yourself and caring for yourself is not conceit. People have confused that over the years. Because I learned how to care and love for my, love myself. In order for me to care for and love my husband, I need to care for and love myself first. And, you know, he and I had our issues. We had our ups and downs. We you know, major roller coasters. All because it was a good part of it was me. I was not liking myself. And I got over that. And I realized. I said, all right, well, well pick, pick yourself up off the ground. Get your butt up, you know. Quit downing yourself, you know, be good to yourself, love yourself, and then you'll be able to equally love who you're with. That's right. You can't, now, you can't give it unless you got it. Exactly. And what is it? How this, this huge majority of people just despise themselves? Why? Why? Because they make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. In order to learn, you've got to make a mistake. You know, because they... Whoops, we lost, we lost Rosemary again. You know what I'm going to do? This is a, a beautiful, <laughs> there's some beautiful things here. Oh, here she is, she's back. Hang on. There you go, I'm glad you got through. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. You're on a roll. Mercury retrograde, yeah, I, I know about that too. It uh, messes up with the technical stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, I just, you know, they, why? When, when they look in the mirror, why do they hate themselves? Oh, yeah. You know, they're not making the amount of money they want to make. Oh, I can't, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a failure. No, 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 no. They should look at themselves. Because another thing I noticed with the meditations I do, this particular one is, no one is alive. Everybody's different. We've all got different fingerprints. We're all special and unique in our own way. Everyone is gifted. They just have to realize they have to find it. They have to dig deep within themselves and find that they are gifted. They everybody holds the gift within them. They are worth it. They are enough. And they should, you know, they should stop bashing themselves. Are they bashing themselves? Because and I see it. I see posts. You know, I'll scroll through Facebook once in a while now. 
so I don't get on as much as I used to, but I'll scroll scroll through and I'll see, you know, uh, two big totally down about themselves, totally down the other day. Well, what's wrong? Well, I'm blah, 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 I'm this and that. And, you know, you want to reach out, you want to say something, but then you're like, you know, I can't solve their issue. They have to solve it. You know, they have to, you know, wake up. They have to wake themselves up. I cannot wake them up. And that's why that's another reason why, um, you know, I see everything going on. I'm going, oh, crap, crap, crap. You know, there's only a certain majority of people that are awake. And there's, I don't think there's enough to wake everyone up. They have to wake themselves up. Well, that's that's why we're here, isn't it? That's, we came here, you know, we could get re- really into some metaphysical stuff, but, uh, we, we, you know, we, I'm talking to a wonderful guy named uh, Hanchi Steve Kaufman right now, who, who calls all of this uh, process really a self-revealization, R-E-V-E-A-L-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N, which he says, one day we wake up to discover who we really are. We're fragments of God. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, that's so hard for so many people to accept. But it's an, that awakening that's saying, oh, I am not, you know, some temporal being. I am, uh, you know, and I don't know. You are reading Rhonda Byrne's book. What, do you want to comment a little bit on what she says? Oh, the greatest, the greatest secret? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Like I said, a lot of times I'm sitting there nodding my head going, that's right, that's right, yeah. It's uh, it's another awakening, reawakening book. I read The Secret, I read, and she had another one that she wrote that I read as well. And then this one here, because I'm bouncing back and forth between The Greatest, uh, greatest Secret and uh, Writing Down the Bones. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going in between those two because I keep one in one room and, I, and I'll pick one up and I'll read another uh, paragraph or chapter because I'm also trying to get my writing in as well. I'm trying to write another page or paragraph or sentence. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pick up that book and I'll get drawn right into it. And then I know, oh, I got to get up. Victoria's going to have this or she's going to do that. You know, So with me, it's, it's bits and pieces, but there's there's certain parts of it that that you have to read again because you're going did I read that right did I really read that right because it it just it really tells you that deep down the only answer you're going to find the answer and it's within yourself and I I had so many people tell me that and over the years I looked at them like what oh I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, nah, I'm going to learn this now. I found out that'd be the truth, that in order for, for me to learn something, it was already within me, and I had to I had to wake up to see it. But it is, I, I do recommend anyone reading that book. Um, I'm, I'm about, I think I'm probably about halfway through it right now. So, uh I, it's been a couple days since I picked it up, but the last time I did, I, I think I was uh, reading it for about half an hour. I was, I was drawn into it pretty good. You know, I, uh, I think we could end here. This is going to take a little editing to get this thing right, but I'd like to end here and I'd like to pick up on, if we can both remember this, maybe you can write this down that we're at this point about the secret and about awakening to our real selves and the mindset issue 
And because what I stumbled on recently, you know, I got a little angry with the the the, uh, the law of attraction, uh, the secret, because <clears throat> I started to realize it worked like a charm at times, and at other times it didn't work. And um, so I started to say, you know, somebody had said once, if it's a law, if it was a law of attraction, laws work all the time. They don't work sometime and not others. So I said there was a flaw in the thinking. And that's why for 14 years, my being upset with that book, to see where she came full circle with the, the greatest secret is that she finally discovered it, that the greatest secret is just uh, uh, allowing, uh, understanding who you are uh, and all the other things of gratitude and other, but it's not your ego uh, creating. Yeah. Uh, creating. So she finally got it, and I just embraced the book. And um, so, uh, but I, the times that I've opened the book, I've opened up to, over and over again, the point of... Uh, where she's talking about acceptance and resistance. And I said to myself, I got an epiphany myself. It's not that we have to pray for what we want. It's not that we have to visualize. It's not that we have to, uh, you know, do affirmations. Uh, Those may help and those may have a place. However, the, the universe, God, whatever we want to call it, the source is always offering gifts. Always. I mean, mm-hmm. it, hell, it gave us the gift of life. You know, it gives, it, it gives us the gift of the weather. It gives us the gift of food. It gives us the gift of, of, of air and, and water and, 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 and all of those, and the gift of love. And, and it seems to me, as I listen to more people who don't get those things, that they block them. And it's that simple. Mm -hmm. And once you decide not to block, not to resist, but to accept, it's endless. Exactly. And you you know, you're, you're talking about this and um, like I said, I'm very much in the music and all, but the song from Ario Speedwagon, Roll With The Changes, just started going in my head. And it, to me personally, it's about letting it flow and rolling with it. Yep. And just, and just, you know, just keep, keep on rolling, keep, keep on going and moving forward. It's forward to make people look back. If you keep looking back, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. And yeah. And, you know, I'm going to, we'll end it there on that note. And that's one of the things I've said to the people who persist in the, trying to uh, think that I'm some racist and have to convert me to the Black Lives Matter issue, I say to them, you know, it's funny that you leftists are always in the past. I said, yeah. I said you, you go back to slavery, which hasn't That's existed. Right. For, you go back to that. You go back to the massacre of the, 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 um, the, the Native Americans. You go back to all the evils that we created. Nobody's denying the evils. Uh, yes, but we didn't do it. Not with, that was right. with, that was the consciousness of the time or the lack of consciousness, but the consciousness we have today doesn't allow for that. The laws don't allow for that. Nothing allows for that. And so I said, you know, somewhere along the path to spiritual enlightenment or being awake, one understands one has to 
understand one has to live in the present. That's right. And I said, I don't see the leftist ideology, ideology talking about the present. They talk about the past. So nobody's to talking about the, tomorrow better. Yeah. Or to make it tomorrow. It's always the past, the sins yep. of the past. And I said, here's another thing that one learns in their path to spiritual involvement is they have to learn forgiveness. And I said, I don't hear any of that in the leftist rhetoric. No, no room for forgiveness, only damnation and, 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 and ridicule and the tearing down the, you know, the attack on the other side. And I'm not saying that the right is all right, but you know, the, the momentum is with the left. And so why don't we end this here <laughs> and we'll pick up next time. If you can make some notes that we'll start, we'll talk more about this acceptance and this mindset. And, um, and I'll give you the last word. Go ahead. Uh, that you mentioned about acceptance, uh, keeping a positive mindset, accept the fact that, that in order to get, to move forward, we need to shut out the past. I know a lot of people probably get angry about that, but it's the truth in order to move forward, in order to get, become successful and you got to move on. Exactly. You got to roll with the changes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rosemary, I just, I love, you know, I, when we had the last one of these, we talked about, you know, we hadn't talked in a couple of years and you called me and immediately I knew you were a different person. You, uh, you truly are, have gone through a transformation and you're so awake and so in a positive vein. And I just have to comment about uh, it's it's a joy to talk. I get uh, I could fall over with your words of wisdom and your insight now, and that's a story. And if you don't write that journey down, especially with the the and you know I don't know the the first word that came to mind the cross that you had been given, and but a sacred cross, you know, Very. A, a sacred she's, cross. She's my you know they they call girls with bread. I'll bring it up is my daughter has Rett syndrome. It's R E T T, and she's in the background. I don't know if you can hear her or not, but she's really trying to get to get her voice out. Girls with Rett are usually nonverbal. She's really trying to become verbal, but she's uh, wheelchair bound. She cannot use her hands. But this girl, uh, unless she's you know in pain or she's hungry or angry, it's the only time we ever see a frown on her face. Other than that, she is smiling. She's happy. Wow. And here, she is my biggest inspiration. She is the one that gives me the wisdom. She is the one that gives me this, you know, to go, 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 keep moving forward. Because if she can sit there in in her chair, not able to use her hands, not able to even speak for herself, I'm her voice, my husband as well, both of us are her voice, her her hands, her legs, her feet, we're all that. And, you know... And to see her so happy, you know, you got to say there's really not much to complain about. Well, really. that's right. You know, she's surrounded by love, and that's that's the answer. She so we're very, we love her very much, and we're very, very protective of her. <laughs> well, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off now. I'm gonna clean this up. I'm gonna it'll be ready in a day or two, and uh, I'm sure you're gonna want to share this with your friends because. Uh, it's, it's again, it's another work of art. And by the way, how are you enjoying 
uh, writing down the bones. I am enjoying that. It's it's very um, what I like about it is just she's she doesn't make it sound that writing sound complicated because it's not. Writing is from from you from the in from your your spirit. 